Hello and welcome everybody to the Fall In Podcast. Glad to be here for the uh, second time, I should say, for our second episode here. We've got an interesting person going to be joining us here, the head, uh, or the secretary of UXO, of course. As always, uh, we have Big Al, Alfonso Nixon up here. Uh, we're sitting around the fire, kind of just uh, exchanging some campfire stories. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? I'm good, guys. How are you? Hey, doing pretty good, Uh Mr. Hostetter, glad to have you aboard, man. Uh, this is one that I definitely see I've been waiting on for a while. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we definitely have to. Uh, good to have somebody in here other than Big Al. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, kind of wanted to start it out a little bit about the name uh, UXO. It was kind of a, a curious thing. I looked up UXO on Google and found out uh, I found unexploded ordinance is that is does that that have anything to do what with why y'all named uh, it uxo it, it does uh uxo of course is uh short for ultimate experience outdoors uh we wanted something when we when we combined the two organizations of southeast experience and midwest experience we wanted something that was easily identifiable uh to the community in which we targeted you know, active duty, active duty service members, veterans, uh, emergency first responders, and, and UXO. Uh, after much debate, was uh, was born. Uh, you know, a little bit about that. Uh, you know, some guys, some guys started an organization, uh, Southeast Experience, in 2016, officially down here in the great state of Alabama. Um, Roll Tide. Uh, some uh, some folks branched out to uh, were branched out to different uh, you know army installations, uh, Fort Riley, Kansas, and uh, the Midwest experience was born uh, using the model of Southeast experience that we had in Alabama, and um, you know the military takes us all over the world and uh, leadership from Midwest experience. Uh, descended upon South Alabama and Fort Rucker, and we had a we had a good meeting uh, around the campfire again, so to speak, and um, decided to to roll up under one flag, and you know here we are, uh, seven years seven years later, uh, next month will be our seventh year uh, in existence, and and we're it's doing good. Man. Say, uh, it's crazy when you say. 2016 like i mean like that or seven years ago like man time just flies <laughs> it truly does it truly does well we're gonna get to uxo a little bit later uh, i kind of wanted to get into more of you like you chad yourself you know uh you know how your experience you know joining the military and kind of when you joined it what branch you know uh, you know, how your kind of experience went and, and why did you join too so uh, if you can kind of enlighten us a little bit about your background sure uh, you know classic uh <laughs> classic small town southern boy uh, had had a few options as far as um you know around the hills of lexington virginia uh, there were some opportunities in factories there were some opportunities doing shift work um, that i watched my family do for years uh, my great uncle uh, one of my uh one of my biggest heroes uh, you know, my grandfather, of course, uh, you know, working in a plant, working in a factory and then doing that swing shift work, I kind of figured out pretty quick that that wasn't for me. Uh, you know, I did I did some work uh, hustling, 
you know, with uh, local construction companies and delivering pizzas throughout high school and doing that dance. And uh, I ruined an opportunity with the uh, Department of Transportation I had when I graduated my senior year. And I like to do other things other than go to work. So um, pretty much pretty much didn't have a whole lot of options. <laughs> uh, I had burned through most of those. And, uh, you know, after I graduated high school in 96, I went back down to the recruiter's office and, you know, in the Army recruiter's office and, you know, kind of signed up and said, let's do this. And, uh, you know, what a wild ride 21 years later it's been. Uh, yeah, I retired out of active duty in 2018 out of Fort Rucker. Um, had a great career. Uh, you know, <laughs> seen a million faces and rocked them all. Uh, hey, uh, Chad. Uh, let me ask you this question here just so our audience can know. How much time did you do in the military before you uh, retired? Exactly 21 years and 11 days, sir. Yeah, well, that's kind of funny because we episode uh, one, I asked Big Al about uh, you know how long he spent. And he said he, he gave it down to the day. It's just crazy that you guys keep track of it like that. I, I wonder Wait, what, what is that to that? I mean, is it just it's like even, the, uh... it's even crazier that he knows how long I did. Yeah, that's probably because you've said it a lot. I mean, you talk a lot, Big Al. <laughs> well, Brian, I think you might be onto something there, but no, that's. That, that's the respect I have for that guy. Um, you know, always always looked up to him, always tried to emulate his style of leadership, which was confusing at times because I didn't know if he was loving me or hating me. Um, <laughs> I, I, same. I, I deal with the same thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the significance is, I mean, you know, it, I don't want to sound like a commercial or a recruiting video, but, you know, everybody could have done it. Guys like Al and you know, the, the guys that we serve with, we actually did it. So it, it actually, you know, that quantifiable data that we were, that was drilled into us over the years on, you know, how we separated, you know, our runners from our walkers and and, and our, our thoroughbreds from our donkeys. I mean, you know, that, that, that means something to me, you know, all, all 21 years and 11 days of it. So. Yeah, it seems like it was definitely a, a big part of your life um you know what was the culture shock like though when you first initially got in because i mean i know you said you went down to the army recruiter's office kind of out of out of options and you decided hey i'm gonna go into the military and then they, they shipped you off to the boot camp i mean what was that like i mean was it culture shock oh sure the military is the biggest cultural experiment in the world uh you know classic stories you hear from everybody the little hispanic drill sergeants that you can't understand because everybody's a cockroach and then you know you you've got your you've got your strong, you know, grizzly bear looking dudes, whether they be polar bears or black bears. I, I mean, these guys are just the the true professionals of of the organization that transforms civilians into soldiers. Uh, you, you know, those guys are a different breed, and they're special. And I'll never forget the three that I had. Um, but yeah, man, culture shock at its finest, you know, you're, you're living with 45, 50 of your best friends and, in a bay that you could eat off the floor and bounce a quarter off the bed type stories, you know? Yeah, 100%. Now, 
how did the Army change, you know, after 21 years? Like, when you first joined versus, you know, when you left, what was the difference, you think, there? You know, you probably – you had a really, really good view of it evolving, probably, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, – I think that <clears throat> that dreadful day in September shaped a lot of lives, um, shaped a lot of careers. I know it, it, it personally shaped mine um with with different opportunities but um you know it's uh people the the, the caliber of people uh that buy into the ideal of the army and its discipline and its leadership and its mission uh you have to respect those individuals that try to come and be a part of the team uh, and I think Al will tell you that, you know, from from a leadership perspective, you know, the, the military is not for everybody. Uh, but that's a different – that's probably a whole different podcast. But uh, – oh, We'll it, get into that one too. <laughs> I, I knew we would. But, man, you know, you, you've got to uh, – you've got to earn it every day. Uh, and, it, it, you know, as, as we went to war um, – you know, and then the majority of my career was, you know, during the time of, you know, conflict, uh, strife, rapid, rapid deployments, uh, multiple deployments, uh, endless training. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got to buy into that. You've got to, you've got to eat it. You've got to sleep it. And you've got to breathe it every day. So, yeah, it definitely becomes, I think, your life. I mean, that's almost like your identity. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of having conflicts and stuff like that. So did you see active combat and that, you know, being out there, um, you know, in, in the shit, if you will? <laughs> um, spending the majority of my career on uh, the lovely confines of the 101st Airborne Division, um, yes. We, That's uh, kind of a historic division, isn't it? World War II made it pretty famous. Absolutely. Um, you know, I got there as a young, arrogant uh, E4 in the winter of 2001. And, uh, you know, left for the final time in uh, the, the summer of uh, 2016. Um you know, a few a few exotic vacations and a couple of assignments in between, but uh, there was no other place for me to be and and use uh, use what my leaders had given me uh, to try to instill in my soldiers, um, you know, and develop those uh, develop those junior officers uh, that we were responsible for into into you know effective leaders. Uh, but yeah, multiple, multiple deployments, uh, you know, we could talk about those all night too. So. Yeah. There's a lot that we could probably, you know, talk about all night long for sure. You know, but you know, have you ever like come under fire where someone was actively trying to shoot you? Absolutely. Like, probably. Think... I'm sorry. I'll keep going. No, uh, probably the most, uh, memorable is, uh, yeah. far away land uh, in a place that 
you know, obviously, you know, I, I spent a lot of time serving with Al. Um, you know, I, I, he was my first sergeant at the time. Uh, we were in uh, Fob Shank, uh, Afghanistan, in the Ward Wardock Wardak province. How you say that? I forget. Wardock. W a r d u k. Wardak, yeah, Wardak, something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were uh, we had to change a mission, and uh, we're out, you know, running up the aircraft, doing our <clears throat> doing our health checks, doing our ground checks, radio checks, everything before we go pick up the boss. I believe they were doing, uh, I believe it was election season in that particular district um, that we were out doing this kind of presence patrol from the air. Um, yeah, and, the elections um, and stuff definitely probably drew a lot of ire from the insurgents or, you know, really the people that, you know, Al-Qaeda and stuff like that, right? Who exactly were, who was the, the main enemy there? Everybody. Everybody was trying to kill you. Wow. Now, you I mentioned mean, the aircraft, so did, you did the same kind of thing. I know Big Al, aircraft mechanic, we talked about that in a previous episode, you know, did you have kind of the same responsibilities? Whoa, 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 whoa. He told you he worked on the whole aircraft? No, he said engine mechanic, I do believe, right, Big Al? <laughs> what did he do? He no. worked on the toilet? Or... <laughs> no, no, he was he was an engine guy. I was, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, as a crew chief. Um, and when I say crew chief, I mean, you know, a, a lot of Not folks. Not a NASCAR crew chief. <laughs> No, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks correlate that to the to the old days of being a door gunner. So that that was my primary job. All right. Now, sorry to interject and interrupt your story there, but you you were kind of getting on into uh, elections there. Oh yeah, they launched a uh, they launched a one hundred seven millimeter white phosphorus rocket uh, from somewhere outside the fob uh, that we were living on uh, we were the entire crew was in the aircraft in the blackhawk two pilots two crew chiefs behind them i was on the left hand side um the round went between the main rotor and the tail rotor of the aircraft and went through the matting that we had down to act as a runway, uh, taxiway. And uh, two matting, it's called. And uh, went through there. Thankfully, it exploded into the ground. Um, obviously, the big boom caught everybody's attention. And and Brian, I'm not kidding you, man. It was like, it was like one of the old school cartoons. You know, I look back. And you just see the matting kind of peeled up like a banana, you know, when like, you know, Wiley Coyote would drop a bomb on the Roadrunner and it would leave a, leave a hole in the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Burnt ground, yeah. That, that's literally what it looked like. Uh, white phosphorus all over the aircraft. The white and phosphorus course, is more, it's flammable, right? It's very flammable. Right. The more oxygen it gets, the faster it burns. Uh, you know, so... Fire, 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 everybody get the F out. <laughs> and, uh, now, so you, but you said it went straight through and it hit, impacted the ground. So does that, is right. that a usual thing or was that just blind luck for you guys? 
I believe it was more blind. I don't know if it was blind, but I mean, yeah, dumb luck. Sure. Might have been the Lord helping you out that day. Well, whatever it was, I'm thankful that that uh, that wasn't the way that Big Baby went out. So, um, you know, we we obviously egressed the aircraft, made sure everybody was away. Uh, Al was actually the the first person that I called him, you know, because I was responsible for making sure people were you know, kind of doing what they were supposed to do in these scenarios or situations, not a scenario. Uh, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I knew he was asleep. He's like, what's up? I was like, hey, I'm okay. And probably 30 seconds later, he's walking around the corner like, you know, and lives a good couple hundred yards away. He's like, what do you mean you're okay? I'm like, well, if you didn't, if you didn't hear, you know, the big the big boom, he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, it landed about 12 feet from me. So <laughs> that was uh, that was probably the, the most memorable story, you know, from, from them all as far as, you know, bad bad guys trying to kill you. Yeah, and now I'm, I'm sure that they put you guys through a lot of training and things like that. But, I mean, it, I, I bet just like in uh, a lot of times in racing, how, you know, we always kind of say at Big Al about – uh guys out there on the track you know yeah you could practice all you want but it's not going to prepare you for the actual race and i think you know to a higher degree it's probably like that for you guys you know kind of practicing the training and then all of a sudden you get into the real stuff and you're like holy crap you know i think that's the first reaction and then you remember everything about your training and that's why so i guess you, the repetition the repetition right you're you're prepared man you know that that's you know you know what to do and in in the midst of the chaos, you know, not to not to steal my man's line, but look for the one that's you know not freaking out. You know that that's who you want to <laughs> that's who you want to uh, follow. You know where wherever we end up going from there. So. Well, I bet that was definitely a traumatic experience. How much do you think that that you know experiences like that like affect your mental state now? You know, I, looking back on it, I mean, you know, we, I guess we kind of joke around, you know, we, we kind of all knew we were going, we all knew we, we, some of us knew we weren't all coming back, um, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful to have bought all of mine back, uh, multiple times, uh, but I, I don't. I don't really, I guess, I, I won't understand the impact of, of that event until probably down the road when, you know, I'm 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 at the VFW or I'm having coffee with the guys and we're all wearing 101st hats and talking about how great we were. Um, I, I really don't think that – I think that's probably when I'll get it, you know. That's interesting, though, because Big Al, I know, in episode one kind of talked about how he lost some, uh, you know, soldiers out there. So you didn't really have that kind of same feeling. You never had that same kind of occurrence where you lost people. Oh, no, we've lost them. (laughs) No, I didn't lose soldiers. I lost lost my company commander and my teammates. They were not my soldiers. I mean, those those were my buddies. Yeah. That was my my family. Like your best friends, yeah. 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 How does that impact you, Chad? Oh, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's hard to deal with, especially around the time, 
uh, you know, that you, that you have, uh, you know, that you remember things like that happening. Um, and you know, you, you, you take a minute and, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you try to not think about it. You're going to think about it. You're going to see their faces. You're going to remember those conversations. No, I don't think you should forget. I mean, just like with, you know, my dad, he passed, you know, a, few, a bunch of years ago. But still, like, I think the whole thing is you got to keep them in your memory. I mean, even even I'm a, I'm a civilian. I might not be a soldier or anything like that or a veteran, but I still feel like you got to remember them because otherwise, you know, who's going to remember them? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's 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 important that we we do. I mean, there's a there's a there's quite a few of us around. You know that September 11th, it, it's got multiple meanings for me personally. Um, I lost my company commander in 2007. Uh, one of my flight lead pilot in commands and one of our crew chiefs in the company that was uh, they were all really good dudes, man. Had had really you know great families. You know it's. Uh, it's one of those things we all we all check on each other from time to time and especially around that time and um, you, you know you you process that and you, you know we we can we all love each other we all uh, we all remember the good times and we do our best to uh, honor their memory 100 percent well uh now that you're kind of you know, of course, out of the military, you got out in 2018. You know, what's an issue right now that kind of has to do with the military that, that kind of is big in your life that kind of makes you get out of bed? Oh, man, that's uh, that's multi-pronged right there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, the, uh, you know, obviously, you know, UXO – I look at Ultimate Experience Outdoors as a way for me to continue to serve. Um, we are comprised of a five-member board of directors. It's an all 100% volunteer organization. We do have a nonprofit status, and then you know that that title in the state of Alabama. Um, and and I look at it. I, I shape some of the decisions and some of the organizational business that we do and relationships that we have. Uh, to kind of to reach one and teach one because if, if I can reach one veteran uh, through an outdoor event whether it be a hunt whether it be a fishing trip whether it be around the golf whatever it is uh, and they go back and tell someone you know that that's contagious, and 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 we have rode that momentum. Like I said, man, since 2016, um, and and to know that, you know, we offer these folks uh, a way to give their feedback after an event, uh, and to read comments of, you know, hey, it was great hanging around Chad. You know, that guy's he's, he's a funny dude, had a lot of great experiences, you know, told a lot of great stories. And then to read, you know, 
you know, was in a really bad place, you know, these dudes probably saved my life. I mean, that's the kind of impact that that's the kind of impact that you can have just by reaching out. You know, it it doesn't have to be formal or under the umbrella of a 501 C three or a flag, a title of, of being, you know, a president, a vice president of an organization. Uh, it's, it's about leadership. And I think that, you know, the, the folks that you're probably going to talk to on this podcast know more about, they probably forgotten more about leadership than I'll ever learn. But, you know, I, I was taking notes most of the time. And, uh, you know, that, that's the drive. You know, that, that, that's what gets me and keeps me going. Obviously, my family. Um, but, but yeah, ultimate experience outdoors, man. It's, uh, it's helped me. Um, it's frustrated the hell out of me at times. It's made me want to quit. It's made me want to choke people. It's made me want to fight people. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And again, you know, everybody could do something, but you know, there's a few of us out here beating the bushes back that actually are. So. I guess that's where the separation comes in. Well, definitely glad that you're you're out there helping those guys. I know, uh, you know, one of the guys I went to high school with, even though I wasn't in the military, he joined the Navy and, you know, got out after his uh, service and ended up killing Stone. himself. Ryan Stone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was a bad place timing for me. I was going to uh, – didn't see where you were going with that. You know, I was going to throw in a little Navy Army banner, but uh, – yeah, definitely. Go ahead and touch that very sensitive subject. Yeah, I did. Sorry, probably, I probably didn't know where I was going. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, a guy I went to high school with named Chris. That's all I'll say. I won't say anymore. But, like, Chris, you know, was in the Navy, got out of the Navy. And, you know, apparently, I don't know if he – I don't think he had combat or anything, but had some depression or something that was going on and probably could have used someone, you know, like that to come out, reach out to him and talk to him. And that could have saved his life. You were talking about, you know, just meeting one person and being there for one person can make all the difference. And, you know, that could have made a difference for him. Absolutely. You know, that's yeah, like, such a charismatic guy, too. Like, you know, whenever he was in high school, he was one of the coolest guys to hang out with, was a jokester. And a lot of times it is the jokester, you know what I mean? That, uh, you know, the guy that laughs and makes everybody else laugh, he's the one that's dealing with something. More than you know, sir, more than you know. But uh, definitely appreciate you coming on board here uh, and talking with us here for this little bit of time. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to plug. Maybe you have your, your links and stuff like that to where people can reach out to the UXO, get involved, maybe donate. Man, we've, we've got all of that. Our, our website kind of stays under a constant state of development. We're kind of in between folks to do that right now. But, you know, www.uxonation.org. Uh, you can sign up to hunt, you can donate, um, you can host an event, you can sponsor an event, you can, I mean, we'll, we'll make it work. You reach out to us and we'll make it work. Of course, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook at Ultimate Experience Outdoors. Uh, look us up, get in touch with us. Uh, phone numbers are plastered all over uh, the website, all over Facebook, Um Social media, we try to we try to stay active on there, you know, at least a couple times a week. Um, but somebody, there's five or six of us that monitor that inbox. So if you reach out, chances are that somebody's going to 100% get back in touch with you uh, in short order. Um, we like to, uh, 
we like to pride ourselves on making contact and staying in touch. Uh, we also work with a bunch of great organizations around. Um, really, man, probably across the nation here. Um, we've got uh, an organization, Big South Fork uh, Veteran Hunt Group in uh, Kentucky. We've got Hero Hunt. They're based out of and operate out of Middle Tennessee. Uh, we have an organization in South Alabama around the Dothan area called Warhogs. Uh, Mr. Toby Cochran and his team, uh, they do, they strive to do 22 retreats a year and they focus strictly on feral eradication, which is my personal favorite form of eradication. Um, and, uh, you know, the National Whitetail Warrior Project, great relationship with their leaders and their board of directors. They actually support us. Huge, huge, huge supporters. And, uh, Last but certainly not least, uh, you know, our our, our number one uh, exposure. I don't even know what to call them. They're just they're they're good dudes, man. Uh, the the folks at Mass Pursuit TV, uh, first on retired Jason Norris, uh, Wilbur Ramos, uh, Keith Rogers, uh, their families. They support us, man. Hands down. They push us to do more. They push us to be better. Uh, they're always there for that mentorship. And, and, you know, Jason Jason and I served together and didn't know it. Uh, we actually got connected in 2017, uh, you know, and kind of was swapping stories. It was like, man, are you serious? Oh, yeah, man, I was there, you know. So uh, that was that was a cool, uh, cool connection to make. But um, Mass Pursuit TV, I mean, hands down, you know, solid dudes, uh, love them to death. And, uh, we are actually hosting, uh, Jason, uh, Jason is going to attend our, uh, what we call, what I call our kickoff event, uh, next month, uh, in November veterans day weekend. It looks like him and I will be headed to uh, Savannah army depot in Savannah, Illinois. There's a two-day hunters with disabilities uh, hunt up there, and uh, you know the folks at the DCNR in Illinois, uh, Mr. Ed Britton, Miss Jacqueline Albright, uh, great people, and they draw us. They try to draw us every year for that hunt, and we're going on six years uh, going up there, so that's always a good time. Uh, but Jason will be joining us. Obviously, uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. Uh, you know, our selected veteran was, uh, he called and was upset that he could not attend. He's got to have another surgery on his back. He's got some back stuff going on. So we made a couple phone calls. And ironically, Jason's schedule had opened up. Uh, so it kind of, the, the stars kind of aligned on that. But this will be his first. Him uh, and I have been on multiple adventures, and it's always been out of pocket funded. But I get to, I get the honor to take him up there this year. And it's going to be, you know, through the hard work that we do. And I hope he enjoys himself. And um, hope we get the opportunity to, to get Mr. Big, bring him home. 
100%, man. Well, we appreciate your time this evening, though, and, uh, I mean, it was a pleasure to talk to you. I hope we'll get to hang out with you again. I know Big House assured me you have so many stories, and I'm sure we could probably have a bunch of episodes in the future if you'd be willing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely going to need one of those bleep buttons. You guys keep inviting me back. <laughs> yeah, we'll need yeah. that for sure. We'll get that all worked out and get it set up. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for your time, Chad. It was wonderful talking to you. That was uh, Chad Hofstetter. Uh, big Hoss or, or Big Baby. Got to ask one more last question. Where does that name come from, Big Baby? <laughs> You'd have to ask Big Al. Well, Big Al, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, i just say that uh, if you can imagine what a big baby looks like, you know, big baby, big head, ball head, and then what a big baby does all the time is just – cry and whine that's uh that's kind of where that came from in short <laughs> order but I, I love chad to death man and i definitely appreciate everything that he's doing and brian i apologize for that little uh outburst that i had there was just trying to lighten the situation but man uh great interview and i think this is this is definitely the kind of content that uh our viewers and listeners can expect in the future yeah i love every bit of it i mean this is you know only on episode two we're having such great you know interviews already i mean it, it makes me excited for the future so you know i'm glad that i'm involved in this you know have the you know the, the questions i definitely have a lot of them and you know I, I try to prepare all i can by writing some down but then some just come out of nowhere when the conversation takes a turn that we're not expecting but that's what it that's what i love about it and uh we appreciate everybody tuning in out there make sure you tune into the next episode i think we're gonna have uh somebody coming in uh going to be talking with us with us so we can't wait for that thanks everybody for watching